What does an 18-year veteran of the tech industry and a 20-year veteran of the military have in common? More than you might think. Welcome everyone to the, the Second, Second Act podcast. podcast, leveling up your life's journey. Welcome back, everyone. In our last episode, we talked about bringing guests onto the show, and we have a very special guest today. You may not know this, but there's a third member of our team working behind the scenes. And man, without this person, we would not, uh, we definitely wouldn't have this podcast. Amen to that. Uh, We are super excited to introduce Jeremy Balin, owner of the Seltzer King Podcast Network, And he's responsible for making Michael and I sound good when you are listening to us on your favorite platform. Uh, Jeremy's also been helping us evolve uh, in the way that we provide access and awareness to our listeners. So incredible uh, individual he is. And if you want to check out the latest, head over to michaelandjohn.com. Jeremy, man, thanks for agreeing to be our first guest. Yeah, thanks uh, thanks for having me, fellas. What a weird twist that we have here i mean i'm usually here but it's uh not in this capacity so thank you yeah guys. we're we're bringing you out from behind the curtain yeah it's so. very weird but no i mean i'm used to it i've, I've done it on other things you know I've, i have other podcasts and stuff so but I, I i do love producing and stuff so it's been uh fun getting to know you guys and um yeah i'm psyched I'm psyched to be here thank you man we're stoked to have you yeah michael why don't you uh tell our audience about a little bit about jeremy Absolutely. Um, Jeremy, a person of many talents. Uh, He grew up in Ohio, now resides in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Made a career in film and TV over the last 20 years, working in production on award-winning sets, as well as built out a podcast network, which I think has uh, been mainly focused on comedy with some of the most popular podcast names over the last decade that include the Adventures of Danny and Mike, The Bradshaw Boys, and Bad Advice. Uh, so let's uh, let's kick things off. Um, so Jeremy, you grew up in a small town in Ohio, landed later in life in the Big Apple, New York City, uh, yeah. now Brooklyn, one of the boroughs. Tell us about that journey. That was the first second act. Uh, <laughs> that, that was uh, one of those... Um, early second acts where you're in school and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you go to college a little bit and you're just trying to figure out life and that's kind of where uh, where I was when I moved to New York. I knew I wanted to do um, film and TV stuff um, and I had gotten sort of a position on a John Sayles film who um, is a really incredible independent director and um, had the incredible opportunity to, to, to live in his house in Hoboken, New, New Jersey for a little cool. while. Uh-huh. Uh, that was my first experience with New York was um, basically I, 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 you know, just rolled in one night and was <laughs> from Ohio, from a town of a thousand people. And I roll over this hill uh, looking into the city and it's just I freak out. And, uh, you know, it's just overwhelming for me. Yeah. Um, but it, I, you know, I took a as 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 you do on this podcast, I took a breath. <laughs> the patented. Uh, yeah. You know, Michael and John pause. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a hotel, I stayed the night, I woke up and in the morning it didn't feel so bad, you know, it didn't feel yeah. so threatening, but, um, yeah. So yeah, that's sort of what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do film and TV stuff. Um, so I kind of attacked it 
uh, and here we are 20 years later on my second second act. Is that um, second act squared? Is that what we, what do we call probably. something like that? Yeah, something, I feel I like know. that's a t-shirt <laughs> yeah, ready to get uh, made. Let me jump in. I, I got two things. Yeah. One, JB, which we, Jeremy, we lovingly refer to you as JB. Um, I haven't got that moniker yet here on the show, but I want to say you have a great voice for a podcast for being on the backside well, of the you. curtain. Uh, have a great voice, man. I'm, I'm like digging it. Um, but I want to go back to something you just said, rolling over the hill nighttime, see the big lights, mm-hmm. right? there's, there's some glitz and glamour to that. And it's, you know, obviously captured in movies and, you know, iconicized in, in our, our minds as the big city. Right. But you talked about being there at night, but then the next day daylight shows up and all of a sudden everything's not so scary. Um, and I think that's something really important that we like to try to capture here on the second act about clarity, right? Whether it's daylight, whether it's time, whether Uh it's taking that second breath, whether that's whatever it is, right? Just giving that pause, allowing things to kind of settle, sun to rise, maybe more information to come in, maybe a little bit, you know, of a redirected purpose. But for you, it sounds like, I mean, it literally was the sunlight, but I think also just daylight, you know, does, it shows you, it may, it shrinks things down, yep. right? It, it brings into perspective the unknown. Absolutely. Some, somehow I just sort of acted, you know, it wasn't like I, I could turn around at that point. You know, I was 10 yeah. hours into the journey and to New York <laughs> from Ohio and like, yeah. but you know, I think you know, all of the tools that I've sort of, uh, uh, the family had taught me at that point, and, you know, I, I just knew that, um, you know, I worked on this film called Half Nelson, and there's a uh, very poignant part in the movie where he's talking about tomorrow, and, like, there's always a tomorrow, and there's always something that, you know, when the when the sun comes up, uh, it's a new day. So I, I don't, I've kind of, like, you know, lived by that, where it's like, you know, it could suck today. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. I've had some dark days and dark months and probably dark years post pandemic, especially, but, um, but yeah, there's, it's important, I think, to, uh, to really focus in on like taking that breath and then, and then resetting and saying, this is, yeah. this is something I can accomplish. Uh, because the night before I was unsure, uh, lost in Jersey city. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was, uh, but yeah, it's just take a breath, take a pause. And so let's, let's back up, um, in your journey, let's talk about some of the personal hardships you encountered at a young age. Um, can you, can you give, fill us in on that? Well, the, um, I at age 10, um, nine ish was basically, they found a golf saws, golf ball size. See, I shouldn't be doing podcasts. I can't speak. (laughs) Uh, they found a golf ball size tumor in the back of my head. I was nine years oh, old. Um, for me, I think I wasn't progressing like my younger brother was. So my mom really saw that, you know, my younger brother started to look older than my middle, you know, the middle kid. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was, um, that was a weird time in my life. Let's, let's just say that it, it, it yeah. It taught me a lot. It taught me, it, it honestly, like, um, you know, just seeing a community rally around you. You know, I lived in a small town and you would see, you know, 
people reaching out and making dinner for you and or for your family and like the the amount of like outreach uh, for something like that is incredible and and um, I'm very thankful to have a very solid base uh, back in Ohio that that I uh, care about very much and get to visit a lot but um but yeah so it, wow. it was you know they they basically found a tumor and I had to have. Oh man, I don't know if we want to get into the details on this podcast because it is kind of gross, but <laughs> they took a laser and they just cut right b- underneath my lip. Um, oh, oh my and gosh. Then, and then they lift your face up uh, and go back in there and Whoa. and carve out a tumor. Wow. Um so yeah, that that was that took that took a long time. I think mentally it's still affecting me in my adult life. I I think I still am affected by when people think I'm younger than I am and that's something I've dealt with my entire life body image stuff um yeah sure but yeah it's it all stems from a weird little brain tumor in 1985 wild what what does that do at 9 years old you know i think if yeah. i were to have a tumor now um or, or undergo some procedure like that uh you know i've got a lot more perspective i've got a lot more things to you know think about right and and i'm a father and i'm i'm a, a husband and so I've got these roles that I'm fulfilling and so I put it in a different context but at nine years old you know happy-go-lucky kid thinking about summers and and swimming uh-huh. at the pool what is does that change um how you look at life does that change how you go on a day-to-day basis 100 percent um I I don't know if mentally that stuff seeps in as a kid that, that uh-huh. like you're facing death yeah I mean, I, I certainly knew it as a kid, and I knew the consequences, and I knew that if this tumor was cancerous, it, it wouldn't turn out well. Luckily, it was benign. Boom. But um, I, I absolutely, I, I, I think my whole entire life, I've, I've focused on trying to not judge people by the way they look because, because I was judged every sure. day of my life, you know, going into work, trying to to work in the film industry and establish myself as someone who is professional and can do the job, but looks like a 14-year-old. You know, that yeah. that sometimes um doesn't 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 mesh well with each other, but um but yeah, I mean, I I think I think there's a lot of that deep-seated stuff that that comes out later in life and I've dealt with it, you know, since, but um yeah, I think it's I think it's a changes you you know top to bottom um front to back like it it makes you sure a completely different person i think but um i think i've grown from it yeah i think i've learned and grown and i had a very good support system a shout out to the children's hospital uh cincinnati yeah. and the ronald mcdonald house that put up my parents that's for awesome. months and months wow. um and you know I'm not the biggest McDonald's fan as far as like corporations go, <laughs> but I still every day if I go somewhere at McDonald's I put money in that that jar because it's important. Yeah, uh, you have no idea what that does to families. Um, it Man, just, imagine just imagine me being ten years old, nine years old, and not having my family there. No, because they lived an hour and ten minutes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, without stuff like that, without um, those foundations, um, could have been a lot darker. But yeah, we're good. very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, if if you've ever had the blessing of uh, being in the care of the Children's Hospital, my son was there uh, last summer, I think it was, or spring. Um, he had caught something that uh, he was in there for an entire day in this 
the people, the administration, the staff, everybody working in there is just outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, it's an incredible yeah. experience to make children feel comfortable in a not so comfortable situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, your situation that you just described is, you know, times 10. So I can imagine um, if what they did for, for him uh, translated into what they did for you, it, uh -huh. I, I'm, it's just awesome to hear. So that life-changing event that has you know, impacted you from a, an appearance perspective, you said it maybe uh -huh. impacted you from a work perspective in that, in that regard. How, how did you use it to motivate you and, and cause sort of like a paradigm shift in the way that you do things going forward? I don't, I, I, I think it gives you that, you know, life or death perspective at nine years old that even though I didn't understand it, you know, um, yeah. but, but I think it did. And I think that made me reach a little further. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd be here without that process and without, wow. um, sort of going through, uh, this traumatic event with my family and shout out to my mom. She's my hero. So, uh, she yeah. caught all this and was there every single time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So very lucky in a lot of ways. Very, very lucky. You know, it just speaks to the resilience of, of people in general. And we've talked about this on the show before, but how, you know, there, there's times where we go through environment, uh, you know, instances or, you know, times in our lives where we can't imagine anything good coming from the backside of, of what we're going through. But just as you've been talking about this brain surgery, altering the way that you think about life, you know, Michael's um, son going to the doctor and, and coming out of, you know, the children's hospital better than he was before changes a little bit of the perspective of now time, you know, me lo having a daughter losing her after, uh, you know, some time changes our perspective. But when you're in those instances, you don't ever think that something good is going to happen after that. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to look back and see the changes that have occurred because of those instances and realize how much further you've come and how much better off you are mm -hmm. most of the time um, for, for encountering those things. And people on the outside look and say, I could never go through that. I could, I never want to go through that. And, but that's part of our stories, right? Right. It's, it's part of our stories and it's what's made us who we are. Um, it's what's Absolutely. drawn us together. It's what's put us on the show. It's what allows us to help other people um, get through what they're going through. So I, I want to make sure that people don't diminish what they're going through because on the backside, it's going to have um, an effect and power in somebody else's life, if not our own. Yeah. And you just said it, Jeremy, if, if, if those things hadn't happened, you, you might not be here doing what you do today, having this podcast network, yeah. sitting here with John and me, uh, like this this event, this moment in time wouldn't even be happening, which is kind yeah. of like a crazy thing to think about. Crazy. It's it's the um the the feather in the in the water ripple <laughs> thing, whatever that whatever yeah. that is. It, it, I think about it a lot too. Just just if I were taking a right turn somewhere or a left turn somewhere or not. You know, and you see people, I think I can, I'm a really good judge of character uh, post brain surgery because there are a lot of times where I can spot the asshole immediately. <laughs> um, 
because I just I just know you know there's there's a good chance they haven't experienced a lot of the life yeah. stuff that other people yeah. have you know uh, man that's good so so you've been pursuing your second second act the second act squared right uh, <laughs> the Seltzer Kings Network right uh, and hoping it becomes your your primary business source of income uh, as an entrepreneur tell us a bit about how you even got the name. Yeah, how it got started, and and then why it is you're so passionate about what you do? Because at least from my perspective, John and I are so appreciative of how yeah, well you make absolutely. us sound every week <laughs> to the audience. I think, you, yeah, I mean, I think when you're in it, you you feel that way sometimes. But um, from the outside looking in, I think you guys are more cool, calm, and collected than you think you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the second act, the second second act. Um, you know, I feel like I just, I, I, I put everything I had into becoming the best at what I did uh, in New York City, and I think when you do that yeah. and you work on, I worked on incredible projects, met incredible actors, directors, everything, but you don't have a lot of ownership. Um, it, it, yeah. It's a lot of you're working yourself to the bone, crazy hours um, on your feet. Um, obviously, it's not the military, which I'm not complaining at all. Um, because I know that, you know, there's a lot of wor there's worse jobs out there, but, um, it just, it, it wore on me as the years, you know, went by, um, and I see a lot of things happening. I see people dying. I see w basically working themselves to death. I've had people collapse, you know, uh, in front of me on set. Like, it's just, I think at some point when you're working so hard at something and you are succeeding and you're doing really great projects, but. At some point, I hit a wall. Basically, is what I'm trying to say, and and I just knew that if I kept this track, I could see where I was going to be in 20 years. I could just yeah. see it. I, I knew I was going to be that exhausted person who you know um, just puts everything he has into his career uh, and gets kind of very little back, other than money. You know, money is wow. a huge thing. Obviously, we we all need that, but yeah, sure. Um, but I I just wanted something more and. I started, um, I did sketch comedy for a while with my buddy Danny, um, and we had some varied success and, um, featured on some things and, um, had a lot of fun doing it, obviously. Uh, and that sort of transition to, um, Danny is half of, uh, Pete and Pete, which is a nineties Nickelodeon, uh, staple. Like it's just a, a legendary show, uh, from the nineties <laughs> and the, I was a little too old for it, so. I knew of it, but I didn't know um, it exactly. But basically when I, I, I sort of, um, Danny and I creative partners, so um, I just kept pushing him like, we should just do a Pete and Pete podcast because I know people want it. You know, I know, I know there's an audience. So that was kind of it. And um, we just started, you know, molding it into what we wanted it to be. And we failed forward quite a bit. Um, which is very hard to do. Uh, I know you guys have talked about that a lot, but um, <laughs> we're we're doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. We're failing forward. It's uh, part of the process. It's part of it, and it's hard because in 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 industries like that, failure is is the the worst possible scenario because um, you're costing people money. You get to a certain point in your life. It seems like everybody uh, who we're talking to who can relate to the second act hits that invisible wall. Uh -huh. And yeah. it's uh, 
it's either something that's happened to them or to someone that they know and are close to. And and again, it's that sort of like wake up calls, like, yeah. hold on a second. You know, what am I doing? Do I really want to be doing this? Am I enjoying it? I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to know just Celtic Kings, how you came up with that name. It's an unusual name. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it all stemmed from uh, several episodes in the Danny and Mike um, podcast where we it basically it's just something I, you know, we we love it. We're huge seltzer fans. Before there was a huge seltzer boom, we would <laughs> order like the special seltzer. You know, we had an episode where we drank it with a comedian, Kurt Braunholer, and uh, I ordered it from the internet and it was, you know, two years old. And so we just have always had this um, obsession with seltzer and that became a talking point on the podcast. And uh, when I was building out the old studio, you know, it just sort of became Seltzer King Studios. So. Nice. Um, it's it's kind of like a little niche, you know, like, you know, I love it when you're recording with us free seltzer, obviously. Um, but uh, so that was always the the sort of initial bump of, of the name. But um, yeah, I think it's just I don't know. I've, I've never been huge on. Um, I mean, I have a sketch group called Man Boobs, so it, it's not I, I'm not the best at um, uh, naming things. Your naming conventions. Yeah, is yeah. A little so, abstract. A little, I love little bit, but. But Blood yeah. Orange Pellegrino. That's my that's your sketch comedy name. That, that, yeah. Then no, well, that's my seltzer of choice. Oh, there you go. Blood, Blood Orange Pellegrinos. But yeah, the, the creative names. I would say you probably got me there. I don't think uh, the creative part of my brain works as well as some of the other more logical side of the brain. Um, I try, but it's not. I I. If I don't have anything to compare it to, I'm like, this is awesome. And then I look at people who are gifted and I'm like, shit, this is just Yeah. I, I think you can do that really easily in what we do, especially in the podcast world, because there's so many. But um, again, it's about the grind. It's about it's about putting in the work, trying to get that 1% better. If I could steal your um, your sayings. Um, oh, I stole it before, okay, before the show, so it's fine. <laughs> steal away. Great, great. Yeah, but, um, you know, post-Danny and Mike, you know, I, I, I produced a podcast for another child star, Lori Beth Denberg, who used to be all over Nickelodeon. Um, and then, yeah, I've been doing a couple other small things and then, you know, started the business side of Seltzer Kings, which is producing podcasts, sort of soup to nuts, um, top to bottom for clients. So it's it's evolving. The whole, the entire network is evolving and we're trying to really put the push into... Um, you know, making it something where people want to come and hang out and listen to stories. That's kind of the biggest thing. I just yeah. love storytellers. Yeah. I love hearing stories. Um, so that's kind of what we're we're trying to do with Seltzer Kings. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you've done awesome. Uh, and we, you know, John and I lean into your expertise in this area in every way that we can. So thank yeah. you again. Yeah. So, so Jeremy, you also have, um, you have a site and I'm going to, it looks, it's Remy Balin, right? So like Jeremy Balin, but Remy, R-E-M-Y-B-A-L-O-N.com, right? This showcases some of the things that you've created in music. Is that right? Um, 
Well, it's uh, JeremyBalen.com. So it used to be uh, RemyBalen.com. Um, okay. I used to play music. So I have, uh, that was sort of my first love. Uh, I played um, acoustic music. I had music featured on that, the Half Nelson soundtrack. Um, very lucky to, to be featured on that movie. And then um, Oscar nominated, I believe. Oscar nominated film. That's yes. pretty, wow. that's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Wow. Um, I still use it in my <laughs> monikers. <laughs> just, just, you know, I, I you got to, you got to use it yeah. if you got it, but um, but yeah, it's it's I I I played a lot. I played out a lot. I love music. I uh, still do. Still play a little bit, but not to the sort of effect uh, that I would used to to do. But um, but yeah, it was just one of my first loves. You know, uh, coming out of high school, it's I, I just loved playing guitar. And my grandpa was a big band musician. Um, okay, in Ohio, Hugh Manker and the Stardusters. Shout out, nice, to nice, forties, fifties, super group. And what um, did he what did he play? He he was sort of a jack of all trades, but he did piano and drums. Uh, so okay. he would play one or the other, um, depending on the band. But you know, Gene Krupa opened for him once. That was his sort of uh, claim to fame. One of the best drummers ever. Um, so I I took a lot from from that. You know, that sort of musical background of my my grandfather, and uh, we we had music in our lives you know, every day, you know, yeah. uh, it's just something that we, we really focused on and grandpa was always playing stuff and making up songs. And I think I just sort of, you know, grabbed it and, and tried to run with it. And I got, you know, further than a lot of people do. And, and I'm very proud of, of, of all that music. And, you know, listening to you talk about how your, your grandfather was in music and, and then how you kind of, you know, took that on yourself. I, it's interesting to me, to think about, you know, how, how people, um, develop over time just through osmosis, right. Just through being in the room with people, you know, I, you know, I look back at my history and my dad was running an airport and I was always going to air shows, always walking around airplanes, you know, and, and didn't have necessarily a direct correlation that I wanted to, to find between what my dad was doing and what I was, what I'm did. Uh, but you know, I wind up 22 years old and I'm joining the Marine Corps to fly. And it, it's not something that we talked about a ton, but it does come up in conversation. I think just you being around your grandfather, oh. you know, being in that presence, being in the room, listening to music, it's, you know, you hear about these kids that whose parents, all they do is jam out to, you know, some, some great vinyl and listen to some of the greatest, you know, bands of all time. And uh -huh. they, they end up writing music or doing something because they're just in that environment on a daily basis. And yeah. it kind of segues into how you, um, how you put yourself in the room and who you're putting yourself in the room with. And if you're putting yourself in the room with successful people or people who are optimists or striving to, to be better or whatever, you are going to, get some of the benefit from just being around those people. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, you know, acting the part until you really know what you're doing. You know, it's, yeah. it's, and it's, it's not cheating. I don't think it's not, uh, shorting yourself, but it is, right. if you can put yourself in a room of successful people and act like you've been there, you can do anything. Sure. You really can. Um, and I've learned a lot of that from, you know, just being in the room of some of the biggest stars and directors and, you know, if you just, just get to that point, you know what I mean? 
And then if, if, if your background has sort of trained you and, you know, you're not a menacing, you know, horrible person, uh, it's probably going to work out for you because you, you're, you're setting yourself up to, uh, to succeed. But. So Jeremy, do you have any advice for people who are in those rooms who may be lacking a little bit of that confidence uh, yeah. because they're surrounded with those by very successful people who achieve things, mm-hmm. uh, either personally or professionally or both? Like how do, what, what tips or advice could you give them so that they sort of emulate the confidence you're, you're going in the room, whether, whether it's right. real or you're right. faking it at right. the moment? Well, it becomes real. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it certainly could be faked in, in initially, but, uh, again, I think it's my grandpa. Um, he, he used humor. I mean, he, he was a guy who could walk in basically any room and just light it up because he 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 just exuded like I'm in it I want to do it it's something I love I'm going to show you why I love it and this and 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 I think so I I think that's a huge thing for me is like sometimes you do need to just break the ice a little bit and keep it light and say we're all here to to do something but it's not saving lives and especially yeah. in my line of work we say that a lot we're not saving lives we're just making television <laughs> John, John could actually probably John say that. different. No. Yes. John no. is different. Yeah. Yeah. But us, no. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think humor is a huge thing for me, just being able to, like, break that ice and, 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 and just say, hey, we're all in this together. Let's, let's put yeah. our heads forward um, and, and see where it leads because I've had a lot of luck of just doing the work and seeing what happens, you know what I mean? And, and you know, I, I, when I talk to Michael sometimes, it's um, completely over my head because a lot of the the data side and the tech side, I just I, I'm I'm never been trained that way. You know, I don't my brain doesn't think that way. I'm a creative type, but um, so it's stuff you know I want to learn. But um, yeah, and I'm open to learning it. I want to learn it for the business. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, coming from a, the, I think everybody has a different personality type, you know, creatives, yeah. you know, data-driven people, numbers people, you know. Yep. Um, so I think finding your little niche, uh, using a little humor, and then just uh, act like you've been there, you know, if you haven't been there before. So, yeah. yeah, connecting on that human level, playing into your strengths, and finding that harmony with the group that you're with there to do big things with. Yep. I mean, that's the, that's the magic recipe, and we've talked about that. John, you and I have talked about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, over our over our you know seven episodes that we've had and now now the eighth um and I, I you know i i can relate jeremy i've had a special connection with my grandfather who passed away um and my dad i've learned strong work ethic i've i've learned the connection i've uh i've learned the importance of academics and hard work you know mm-hmm. in that in that process um so, you know, those, those that are closest to you, if you're fortunate enough in this world to have, you know, those, those family mentors, uh-huh. uh, it's a, it's a super special thing. And, and I'll go back, you know, when we talk about being in that room, right. And kind of faking it till you make it is I think what you're kind of alluding to, but I will say once you get in that room, um, I have found it to be incredibly rewarding actually take a step back and find one of those individuals that you kind of um, want to emulate and then just let them know, hey, I don't know how I'm here. I don't know 
why I'm in, in this room with you, but I would love to learn from you um, as much as I can. And sometimes just having that humility to announce that you are not in the same, you know, place as that person, but mm-hmm. you would love to, to just garnish information from them and, and be able to see how they act and see how they do things. Um, it can kind of create that connection and really, um, make the person that you're trying to follow step in and really want to be a part of your growth and your success. And so, yeah. um, sometimes that humility does play, play into it and you can gain a lot more by, um, not faking it until you make it, but, but admitting your shortfalls and admitting mm-hmm. that you just are there to, to learn and man, there's nothing like a couple individuals in a room who are steps ahead of you, who they're all kind of, you know, giving each other information and helping each other grow, but then they reach down and help yeah. you and bring you up to that level. It's, I mean, it's, it's groundbreaking. So it's a great point, John. And it's very disarming, right? To the, to the it folks is, who yeah. are successful. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you want to be in the room, but letting people yeah. know, you know, that you're not at where they're at in life, uh, you're going to find, it's likely you're going to find someone who, to your point, John, is going to reach, put a hand out and and help you. Yeah. It's, it's a special feeling. Yeah. Should we move? I, I think we're we're getting a little bit sort of closer to our, our ending time here. I wanted to ask you one last question, uh, Jeremy, before, sure. um, before we sign off. Um, first of all, I'm so grateful for all that you do for us and- now that I can call you a friend, it's amazing how much we've learned that we have in common, the three of us. Yeah. Being yeah, big, big MJ, Michael Jordan fans, uh. and some of our <laughs> favorite films growing up yep. and all that yep. kind of stuff. Uh, but the last question I want to ask you is, you've been privy to the stuff that John and I have been talking about over the last seven episodes, the topics, you know, what we're doing in our second act. Um, what have been some of the biggest takeaways from you as a, as a listener and, and, and an editor of our, our, uh, our conversations? Well, I think, I think the biggest takeaway is that you guys are in it. You're doing it. Um, regardless of if it's hugely popular or, uh, you know, two people listen to the podcast, we're doing this thing. Thanks, mom. That motivates each and every one of us and, and hopefully motivates people who listen. I mean, when I edit the podcasts, when I sit here with you guys and record the podcasts, every single episode, there's something where I'm like, yep, I'm taking that away, you know, as, as like, that's not only great advice, but that's something that I can plug into my life. Specific example wise, I mean, the, the 1% thing I think has been, you know, I, I think I, I really, get lost in the bigger picture of things sometimes. Sure. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of realize that even 1% is progress. Um, because sometimes that doesn't, it doesn't always feel like that. But, um, I, I think that's been a big thing for me is just like, just, just incrementally get better. You know what I mean? And then there's, you know, strengths and weaknesses things. I think you guys talked about, um, 
of just knowing what those are and and yeah I, I, there's a few others but um i probably should have prepped and wrote, wrote these down but <laughs> but every honestly every episode i listen to uh with you guys there's something where i'm like oh yeah that that not only does that um would help me but i would sure help a lot of people uh out sure. in this world so well, that's I, I think that's good jb and and i think you know to to sum that up Listening to other people's stories, listening to other perspectives, listening to somebody that's a couple steps ahead of you, man, there's always so much to gain. Uh-huh. Um, and when I think, oh, I've got this area figured out, I, 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 I'm tracking in a good, on a good course, and I don't really need that other, those other data points or what somebody else did, because that's different than what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I open up my ears to actually listen to what they went through. I find that I take away so many gems of wisdom and knowledge and, and information that shortens kind of my journey. It, it can sh- shorten the journey to just allow me to reach success or what I deem as success a little quicker, uh-huh. a little smoother. And so, I, you know, I just, I, I, you know, encourage people to get out there and listen to, you know, other people that are just a few steps ahead of them because they, they'll find that it's incredibly rewarding. So now we, we really appreciate it. I I think, I think too, a lot of times there's that wall of like, they're doing something that's bigger, better than I'm doing. Sure. Sure. And there's that wall you don't want to climb, but I've learned like just approaching people, especially if there's differences involved. Just say, let's put it on the table. Let's just talk about it. And, you know, whether it's, you know, two podcasts with a similar theme or whether it's, you know, um, you know, two people with similar message, like building that community is huge. It's a very, very huge thing. Um, And knowing that, and and especially you guys, um, allowing people uh, into that circle and allowing them to be motivated by you guys, I think is, is incredible. And just having this, and I know there's, you know, there's lots of things out there that that do this, but I think you guys have a specific message that I, um, I really stand behind, and I, yeah, I think you guys are awesome uh, people, Boom. awesome families. I've met your families at this point. We uh, paid him to say all this. <laughs> yeah, checks the full JB endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Let's end on that right there. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm proud of you guys um, for thanks. for coming in this blind. I think you guys have done a, a great job, and again, as as not the podcast expert, but just someone with a lot of experience. Um, yeah, I think you guys are doing great, and I hope uh, hope we can keep up the work. Love it. Yeah. Man, Michael, what do you say? We call it a day? Yeah, Jeremy, it's yeah. been a pleasure, uh, as always, talking with you as our first guest, so thank you for, for yeah, being thank a, you. The, uh, the, the metaphorical guinea pig in this, uh, <laughs> yeah. in this process. Um, and thank you for giving the audience a, a window into your life. I know sometimes talking about some of the things uh, that you shared are, are really difficult, um, mm-hmm. but use use that to persevere and overcome adversity, uh, which makes for an amazing story. Um, uh, and those things that have impacted you and, and why you're pursuing your, your second act, um, uh, hopefully it helps people understand you know, being vulnerable and sharing that that stuff lets yep. people know that there's so many others out there who have had the struggles, who have had to go through some hardships, have who have had to 
uh, use yeah. that as motivation. Mm-hmm. And um, I know John and I are finding that just in our uh, one-on-one conversations we're having with listeners and others um, about where they are in life and, and whether they're contemplating or on the second act, that, um, again, that vulnerability and, and just opening up, uh, letting people sort of share that and be part of that community is, is super helpful. Yep. Indeed. Right. Indeed. Well, that's a wrap, guys. I think uh, we we are building out a great list um, of guests. I mean, we started off with JB, Jeremy Balon. Man, I, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I look forward to, um, you know, building this out and having a couple other people come on as well and just really get to hear, just like we did today, about their experiences in in their second act or second second act. So, man, thanks so much. Of course. And um, Jeremy, if you could um, tell our listeners where they can see more about you or hear more about you. Uh, on the the internets, dannyandmike.com is the Ventures of Danny and Mike podcast. Uh, if you want to go even darker and deeper into my background, uh, there's some episodes on there that are they're pretty heavy, um, but uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, check me out, uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's all Remy Balin or Jeremy Balin, um, or SeltzerKings.com if you're looking to get a fine podcast made. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you guys all next week. Thank you, fellas. See ya. Thanks, guys. Onward and upward. The second act with Michael and John features Michael Newborn and John Ballinger. The podcast is produced by Seltzer Kings. For more information on the show, check out MichaelandJohn.com. Or if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, give the guys a shout on their socials at the second act with Michael and John on most platforms. Thanks for listening. Oh, yes.